Hello Watch fans and welcome to Season 2 of That Watch Podcast. In this episode, P&L Watch Collection, Diverse Watch Collector and I are talking about watches that have caught Matt's attention. There's a wrist check, Darren talks brigade, and we speculate on Tudor's new releases. As always, there's colourful language throughout, so please throw on some headphones if there are any sensitive ears around. And with that out of the way, here we go. I'm telling you right, rotation is excellent for the soul because, and I'm sorry Darren, got my 16600 right here. It's not happening mate. This fucking thing is staying right here. And do you know what I love about this? Fuck it. Do you know what though? I fucking knew it. The moment you said that, I thought there's just no yeah. way you'll sell that piece. There's no way I'm selling that. I was secretly hoping <laughs> that I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have the pressure. You'll notice, though, during the whole negotiations, I just remained steadfastly quiet. You did, and I noticed. <laughs> Two reasons, though. One, I fucking love it. It's just awesome. But I remembered, now that I've got it in my hand, what I love about it, which is just, it's so clean and crisp. And yeah, sure, this is never going to look like that 1665. But this is a 4,000 fucking foot watch, right? Yeah. And look how teeny tiny it is. It's like they've packed a fucking nuclear warhead into a matchbox and just been like, yeah, we do that. It's fine. It's fucking witchcraft. It's fucking witchcraft. And, oh, bruv. Mm. There you go. It's back mm. out. The Explorer 2. Mm. I've just had it next to me on my desk all day and I just keep looking at it going, oh. Little, little oof moments. I'm keen to find out how you're feeling about the blue FXT. Mm. Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. Do you know what? I got it out of the safety deposit and it was on the Erica's MN Trident, which is the blue strap with a grey stripe. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. But my black FXD was in my other hand and just going. <laughs> but I've switched it up and I've put it on my Hawk Rigger. There you go. Proper MN. And, and now I'm feeling it again. I must admit, I've got mine. I'm in the same CNS. but Oh, same there color. you go. Boom. Look at that. Green with the yellow. Yeah, I've got to say though, those Hawk Rigger straps, I'm going to have to get one of them because it is so good. You've got one of them? No, no, we're going to have to get one. This is the CNS. I've yeah. got the Hawk Rigger, the black one for my uh, I ceramic. Saw ceramic. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I wrote to him because I ordered, I got you two yours, mm. like after we spoke the last time we did this. And then I wrote to him the other day and I was like, oh mate, I'm on the site and I'm trying to order another one. And it says it's only in 20 mil. And he went, yeah, I haven't had any complaints or anything, but I've noticed that those green hooks, they can show wear and like chip a bit. And he goes, so I'm not. He goes, I don't think I'm going to do them anymore. And I was like, oh, so just just plain old steel then. He was like, yep. And I was like, fine, fuck it. Well, I think that's part of the charm of it. Anything like that, especially the, the tall watch nature of those pieces, I think, think that's, you know, if it did get knocked, if it did show a few marks, that's part of it. I think that, that's, that would look great. I agree. You get those old Porsche PVD, Porsche design. Mm. You know, it's and then you see some of them have had like a real life and all those old tags that like faded black and you're like, well, I'm sure it didn't look like that when it left the factory floor and it looks even better. I was thinking about, do you remember a couple of weeks ago or probably before Christmas actually, I was talking to you about the Tudor Dark that I'd seen and they have a certain website has a Tudor Dark Chrono, which is a limited edition and the Tudor Dark Black Bay. And it's obviously a toss-up for me between that and the ceramic. Obviously, the ceramic is always going to remain perfect. But those yeah. darks, because they're PVD coat, they are going to suffer over time. But actually, it could look quite cool. 
That dark chrono, I saw one on Instagram. It's such a good-looking watch. Yeah, and you, again, it's one thing no one talks about them. You don't really ever see them. And the last time we were at the Tudor event, when Ross Povey said he was really, he couldn't have sung their praises more. He was like, honestly, that is a future collectible. You know, no one's talking about them. Very few people have noticed or, or know of them and notice them. But I don't know. Yeah, there's something about them that's that's nice, really nice. The only thing I can't understand, Matt, is how you're not mm. buying both. Well, listen, I have to remain focused this year. I know what my target is. And if I keep buying all these other pieces, I'm never going to get. What's your target? Uh, 16610 LV. There's a digit missing from that. No, no. Leave the Hulk out of it. <laughs> I wondered where you were going with that, G. Do you know what's really annoying? So I put a story up on Instagram the other day about our LV experience, which people will have already heard, you know, as part of the CPO program. And the amount of people that reached out and said, well, I've got one, well, I've got one, well, I've got one. And then the dealer that I got my 1655 from, he messaged me and said, well, I've got this one. And it is a 2005 fat four bezel. It is perfect. And he's like, listen, I'll send it to you. No money, just I'll send it to you to try for a few days. No if it's money. your, if you, if you like it, send me the money. If you don't like it, send it back. Only thing is you pay the return postage. He said, more than happy. And I was like, you need to fuck off. Don't do this to me now. It's too early in the year to start dropping that sort of money. Because it was a lot. It was 20 grand. And that's, you're paying a massive premium for that bezel. Yeah. Yeah, but that'll pay off in years to come. Only if you sell it. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is, I don't know, we'll, we'll come back to this later when we talk about the, you know, the deep dive into vintage, but... All these pieces that we're buying, yes, the values are fantastic, but it's only real. You'll only realise anything if you want to sell it. And actually, at the moment, all these pieces, I'm having a real tough time because I don't want to sell anything at the moment, vintage or modern. I'm with you. When I got all my watches out the drawer of the safety deposit, I was thinking, right, what here am I selling? And I, and you know, for me, I got it out because I thought I'll take it to Stefan when I go and pick up my Seiko off him. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to take in my Oris. Because this is suddenly 12 seconds out. And I was thinking, well, I can sell that. And part of me thinks, well, that's pointless because what are you going to get back for it? Like, you're going to get 1,500 quid, which don't get me wrong, it's 1,500 quid, but it's a long way from being a 1016, isn't it? Yeah. You might as well keep it. But then I hold it in my hand. I'm like, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love it. And all right, I'll put it on and it'll probably only stay on my wrist for three or four days, unlike. My fucking Batgirl, baby. That's like Elton in Vegas. It's not going yeah. anywhere. But I don't know. Like, I think there comes a point where you've replaced all the ones you didn't love enough. And now you've just got shit you love. And and that's to be that's to be rejoiced. And let's remind ourselves that time is on our sides. There's plenty of time to just enjoy what we've got, to live with it, enjoy it. And then, you know. The Kermit's not going anywhere. No, and there are so many examples. That's the one thing. The more I look, there are countless examples, you know. And the more I've researched, and we we talked again, we talked about it previously. If you want to pay a premium for a bezel, pay that premium. If that's what you want, if if the difference of a four matters to you, or the particular shade of green matters to you, then pay that premium and get the one you want. But at some point, I've still got to make that decision. I've got to make that call. What do I actually want to go for? And it's, you're right, we'll get into it with vintage, but it, it's like a 16710 GMT. Oh, yeah. it's got a service insert on it. No one gives a shit. No. No one gives a shit. And that's fine. Double red seed dweller, people give a shit. And that'll make or break that the validity of that watch and the value of that watch. Yeah, and it only takes one bad polish. 
Unless that watch gone. <laughs> anyway, wrist check. We've spoken a lot about watches. What are we each wearing? All right. You go first, D, seeing as you... Uh, well, no, do you know what? Cool. I'm going to actually ask Darren to go last. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Only because I know what he's wearing, and I think it's important that we talk about what he's wearing. So I have on tonight a 1985 Rolex Sea Dweller, reference 16660, count them, triple six. The number of the beast. <laughs> number of the beast. Transitional reference Sea Dweller, Mark II dial, and I've got it on a Phoenix Grey NATO tonight. And Tritium Loom is cream nicely, and I just love this watch. It's my birthday Rolex. It, it's perfect. Matt texted me and he went, mate, I've, I've just found, like, I've put my Tudor subs on NATOs. They look wicked. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's right. They do. My, I mean, my watch, but I listen, G, I have to thank you because I was bracelet obsessed for a long time. And I know we've joked about it before, but actually more and more of my watch box is becoming just everything's on NATO. I, I go like with real pendulums on it, you know, like I'll have a sub or something on a bracelet. And then I'd just be like, and I'll stick on a NATO. I'm like, oh, it's so dreamy. And then a few days later, I'm like, oh. And then it goes back on the bracelet. I'm just like, oh, that's it. Lovely. GMT is my only exception. Just doesn't do it for me on a NATO. No. No, I get that. My 16710, I don't think it would ever look right. And to be fair, I've tried my 1655, I've tried on a NATO. It looks all right, but it just looks better on the bracelet. Jubilee, mate. <laughs> Latin America special. I can't imagine the Milgas on a. On an eight hour. Again, Hairspring podcasts, all hail the Hairspring. Hashtag <laughs> all hail the Hairspring. He was saying that in the early days, in the early 60s, Rolex was involved with car racing, but they hadn't yet gone the full on all the signage and everything. It was pre-Cosmograph becoming Daytona. For two years or so, they were handing out Milgausses to winners of races. How cool is that, though? That was the watch they were handling. So, you know, isn't that a banger? It's not just Geezers who worked at CERN. Matt, that is a banger. The triple six. I, Yeah, it's such a cool watch. And actually, since it's been on the NATO, it's actually made a lot more sense, which is odd because I've got it on a, I've got it on a, you know, a passer at the back. So it does make it, and you know, you know what the, the C-dwellers are like back then with the bulbous case back. So it does sit quite high on my wrist, but it just doesn't matter. I just, I love it. Looks fantastic. The triple six is a is is when you get the crystal, right? Like that's the sapphire, yeah. is it? Yeah, so yeah. transitional yeah. reference. So I'm playing Mark II dial, so I've got the gloss dial with applied markers, but tritium loom. Four thousand feet, right? Four thousand foot, yeah, and with the crystal, yeah. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Well, unlike you, pricks, I'm wearing a watch that I bought more or less with you, seeing as you all called me out on this shit last time. So there, my friends is my Doxa Sub 300 Carbon US Divers Shark Hunter. Such a cool piece. Yeah, it is awesome. It is such a fucking cool piece. And I took it off the Bund earlier on, which was rocking it. I just love it on that. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change up. I've got it on a re- revival strap, which is the nearest you get to an original proper Tropic Really soft silicon rubbers, really cool. It's got like the rally, yeah, die cuts on it. Fucking lovely. But you did a post about it and the texture of the carbon fiber, yeah, and the it's just got that watery texture, which just looks incredible. It's I honestly, I just I'm so happy. I was really pissed and bought this watch. 
<laughs> Although it's probably worth sharing that you've modded that watch somewhat. So not only was the OEM strap a disappointment, but uh, share what you've done. Well, first of all, if anyone's buying or thinking of buying a Doxa Carbon Sub 300, do. They're fucking brilliant. <laughs> but when you get it, open the box, take the watch out, remove the fucking strap, remove the buckle. And all right, don't throw them in the bin, but metaphorically throw them in the bin. Put them back in the box, put the box as far away as you can. And then just get another strap to put on your doxer because those things are dog shit. But the watch itself is fucking epic. And this is running at plus two seconds a day, but I had to send it to Alchemist Reluma, big up to the Alchemist Reluma, because somehow the loom on this thing had died in the three years that it was sitting in some watch dealers. I would say <laughs> safe. Probably wasn't even the safe, just a desk drawer or something. It was quite piss poor. It was particularly poor, yeah. I don't have a, a UV torch to hand, although there's one just behind me. But yeah, much better now, which is ridiculous because it's supposed to go to 300 metres. And if you went 300 metres underwater, there wouldn't be any light. You'd be depending, in theory, on your watch and you'd have fuck all loom. So you'd die. And your last thought would be, I should have bought a fucking Rolex <laughs> or even better, a Tudor. In fact, I should have bought a Tudor. So what are you rocking, Darren? Well, since I'm on the beer instead of the champagne, I need to bring a bit of class and sophistication in a different way. So I'm wearing the Breguet Tradition 7097. Uh, retrograde seconds. It's all sort of open work. If anyone's listening, yeah, just Google Breguet Tradition 7097. You'll, you'll see it. But I think it's important to point out that it's a very, I mean, we're talking, this is high horology right now we're talking. This is traditional watchmaking. Uh, it doesn't have a rotating bezel, so I don't understand anything about it. <laughs> yeah there's no rotating bezel it's got a gear shade dial which is something that Breguet technique he certainly used back in the day that's still that's still done by hand isn't it on a rose wheel exactly yeah they might even use some of the original equipment which Breguet spent quite a bit of time restoring these gear shade machines because it was a bit of a lost art for a while I've said before I'm really fascinated with how watches work as a side hobby I do watch restoration and what I love about this watch is it's it's not necessarily high horology in terms of a complex movement, but it's actually quite a simple movement, and it's based on the old pocket watches that Breguet used to used to sell. It's quite an interesting story. I think it was called the subscription, and that was Breguet had a genius idea in the day of actually selling watches but charging a subscription rather than a one-off payment, and that was kind of game-changing in the day, and it kind of made watches more affordable. So this sort of celebrates that pocket watch. They invented the in-app purchase. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. But that is cool, though, isn't it? I mean, that's a lovely bit of history behind that watch. Yeah, no, I love it. And to me, I think Breguet are kind of really undervalued. I, I, I really have a strong feeling that if Swatch Group get things right, that they've got a real gem on their hands and, and hoping they do right by it. Unfortunately, though, if we look back at that sentence... <laughs> I was just about to say, that is some high hopes. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I really love that watch, though, not because mm -hmm. it's the kind of watch that is going to make its way into my watch box, but I remember when we went to Breguet on Bond Street, mm. and it was just a joy to watch you in there, mate. You were like a fucking kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> 
And, yeah, absolutely. And I was just sitting there looking at the security guard going, I give no fucks about this place. Right? <laughs> I'm just, this is not my thing. But you were absolutely like a pig in shit. And I just saw you like you were absolutely in your element and it was a pleasure to see. It was yeah. a pleasure. And I think that that's the joy behind all of this is that there, there's something different for everyone. Yeah, definitely. It was a real grail watch for me that I kind of finally committed to. Going, going that day and sort of seeing it, I hadn't owned it by that point, but mm. just pushed me over the edge. And some people will probably think I'm mad, but I sold my AP offshore to pay to, towards this. And you think, you know, I do not regret a single moment. Let me ask you both, because you both sold <laughs> your AP offshores. Like, I remember the first time we got, was it the first time we got together, you both, or the second time you both turned up with your beasts yeah i think yeah. it was the first time we both brought it yeah yeah and i remember i couldn't try them on properly because the bracelets were hanging off my fucking wrist but <laughs> that's a big watch and yet i could sort of look at it and be like well all right it's well proportioned while being the size of a small african nation but it's still correct in terms of you know in relative size but it always seemed like something that was just mental and yet you guys both, when I first met you and you had them, you fucking, they were like the jewel in the crown of your collections. And now... Yeah, but I think they, I think that's the point. Is you, uh, It's so difficult when you start on this journey and, and you start in your watch collecting world, you, you have certain ideals of what you think you should be attaining to. AP, it's part of the Holy Trinity. And for me, when I got that, I actually traded three Rolex to get that watch. Ooh, I've forgotten that. <laughs> yeah. me, it was a bluesy it was a bluesy it was a james cameron and a milgauss at the time but it meant everything i had an ap uh, a reissue i had a 25th anniversary reissue of the beast and it was awesome you know it's a massive watch i've got massive wrists it sat on me very well but you just couldn't wear it anywhere yeah you know i'm not in london but i'm not far from london and actually every time we met up you just couldn't safely wear it and be comfortable wearing it and I think that was the thing is I wasn't enjoying it got to a point where I suddenly realized I wasn't enjoying I was enjoying the sense of owning it. Yeah. And every time you open your watch box and you open your safe and you think, oh, there it is, I've got an AP. And you think, fucking hell, I'm never wearing it, you silly twat. And I've got all that money tied up there. And you think, well, what's the point? So actually, it was quite liberating in a way to say, I've done that, I've had that, but actually, it didn't float my boat in the way I thought it would. And actually, it was time to let go. It was time to move on to something else. And by then, the vintage bug had bit me. And there was just so much more I could do with that money. I think you upgraded very wisely. I'm, so do I. And I've gone from a massive 42 mil beast <laughs> of a steel watch. Is that all it is? It was only 42. 42. I mean, bear in mind, it was Fuck like an off. inch thick. Yeah, you know, it was only a 42 mil, but it was like an inch thick. Right? Yeah. And the bracelet alone. I mean, oh, fuck, it's just ridiculous. You think those bracelets are like 10 grand. They are, I mean, that is just a solid wrap of steel. I mean, it's it's impressive from an yes. engineer. It was a piece of art, but I, s I essentially swapped it. Well, did a deal and then got my 16.5 Explorer 2, which is a delicate, svelte, 38 mil, just vintage beauty. It couldn't be more opposing, quite frankly, but I'm glad I did it. But ironically, something that you can wear more, enjoy yeah. more, and not feel self-conscious wearing it. No, no, and no one gives a shit, quite frankly. You can wear that all day long, and, and whatever the value of that watch is, yeah, no one gives a shit about it. No one will ever know. No, no. And on me, it looks like I'm wearing my, my daughter's watch or something like that. It looks so small, but I don't give a shit. And what I like about your Explorer 2 
versus Darren's brigade is that when I pick it up or put it down on a table, I don't feel you going, oh my God, keep it away from the sharp surfaces. <laughs> oh, dude, the, the brigade, let me just put it out there, is 18 carat rose golds. I mean, you sneeze on the thing and it, it, it gets scratched. <laughs> and then you've got G who will just like throw his watches on top of each other. They tool watches. They're meant to look like tools. This is not a tool watch, G. <laughs> <laughs> so we went on a watch meet to fill everyone in. And we all had our pieces there. And there was there was quite a few of us there. There was six of us there, I think, at the time, because we had a few friends with us. And we sat down for dinner. And we thought, let's get all the watches out. So we put them on the table. And then G sort of, he gathers and he goes, let's get a photo of all of them together. And he put his he put his hands across the table and he went, right, let's... And he just pushed them all together. And I could just see the breguet going, Whoop! out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I saved it just in time. Well, you guys saw how I store my watches in my uh, safety device. Yeah, that's quite an art form. Putting them all in it. Yeah, is a bit of an art form. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, just imagining you hear a crunch and a scrape as you kind of close that lid, and I just imagine you sitting on the lid and then locking the box. It's not far off. I mean, not being funny, you've only got another six months, and you'll have to buy a bigger box. You say that I'm yeah. I'm turning over a new leaf. <laughs> Are you indeed, <laughs> Mister Sixteen Six Five? No, no. I've, I, honestly, I've taken a deep breath, and with this rotation of beautiful modern watches. It, it's been like a, a palate cleanser, if you like, a yes. sorbet to my vintage main course and starter. And I'm just thinking, at some point when the time is right and the right thing happens, a 1060, right? In the meantime, around April the whatever it is of Watches and Wonders, when <laughs> Tudor announces their new thing. And I don't know what their new thing's going to be. I'm just assured that it's going to be something I'm going to shit my pants for. Yes. I will do that. Not shit my pants. I will buy that watch. Maybe I will shit my pants. I don't know. But I have a feeling we're gonna we're all gonna be getting a watch. Well, I mean, just to follow up on what we said before, we've had some quite strong hints at what it's going to be, or what everyone in the industry thinks it's going to be. Well, we don't know. No one's told no, us. What nobody it's really be. knows for no. sure. But I've inferred from one person we spoke to at the Tudor event that it might be the updated Black Bay Fifty Eight mm-hmm. Metas. Jubilee, big crown. And as I say those words, I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, you need nice. that. Well, I don't know. If it's that, I'm gonna wear my Black Bay 54 to go and pick it up. Because that's like the fucking gold standard test. That's the acid test, right? If it's so good, because this is the watch that murdered two steel 58s in my collection, as you call it, the baby face killer. Yeah. So if it can survive that, then I've got a feeling. There might be more 54s coming, more variations. Did you watch Watch Gringa's latest video? And I thought she had quite a good theory. She was surprised that the the 54 came out in 2023 because the anniversary is actually in 2024 and thought maybe Tudor were testing the market and actually there's going to be more colour variations coming out of the 54. Which would make sense because whenever they've done releases in the past, like the Black Bay 58, they've always done the black version first. Yeah. Same as when they released the original Black Bay in 2012. The black one came out first. And then they... No, actually... No, it didn't, did it? It was the 7922. Yes. That she quote-unquote released in 54. But they didn't release it, per se. It was made available to French Navy divers, or I don't know what, blah, blah. But it was only the 7923 became commercially mm. available, from what I've read. And then it was really the 7924, the big crown Tudor sub. 
that was when it really sort of took off. But even when you say really took off, I think it was still tiny compared to what was going on with Rolex subs. Yeah. And the first Rolex sub was 53. When Tudor re-entered the market in the UK in 2012, wasn't it the burgundy bezel they re-entered the market with on the black Correct. 41, not the black? Correct. But the BB58, the black came first. Correct. Which, yeah. seeing how they've updated the burgundy bezel first, logic would say that we're going to see the rest of the colours be updated this year. Yeah, for sure. And the 58, given what we'd heard at the Tudor event before the one we went to in December, so what was that, back in September or, I don't know, in the summer or whatever it was, mm. the gentleman was saying that it was their intention to update the entire Tudor line with Metas movements within yeah. three years. That's a pretty punchy timeline. Yeah, well, we saw the rest of the Black Bay range. All the ETA movements disappeared. All those smiley dives are gone now. Everything's in-house. So I don't think that's... Um... But how many Metas movements they've got? They've got the Burgundy. They've got the Ceramic. Is that it for now? That's it, yeah. So they've got a lot of SKUs to mm. update yeah. in the next in the next two, two and a half years. Which I still think is why the Chrono is one yeah. of the only ones that's not in-house still, and that is because it's that Breitling shared B01 movement. I still think that's, that's coming. That can't be far away. That no, can't be. No. Whatever happens in April, it's going to be exciting. And if it's a BB58 GMT. But if there's a, a Black Bay 58 GMT, I'm there. I don't care what combination the bezel is. I really don't care. It could be pink. I'll have it. Imagine if they did a Bakelite. I don't think they'd be mad enough to do Bakelite, but a Sapphire bezel, I think, would give it that Bakelite look, definitely. Do you think there's any merit in saying that we talked last time about sapphire bezels. The titanium watch. Rolex have really only dipped their toe into titanium. I think we're going to see more this year. Yeah. But do you think Tudor's become their test bed? Do you think that potentially we could see a sapphire bezel? But then equally they're saying that they're still they're still running aluminium bezels. Why wouldn't why would they test bed? What watch are you talking about? Anything. Let's face it, when they released a ceramic bezel on the Rolex, we, we talked about that, that GMT. That was quite an obscure piece they released it on. Yes, it was a GMT. But it wasn't a... Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. It's not the sub. It's not... Yeah. yeah. I think a sapphire bezel makes sense. Mm. If Tudor did a Black Bay 58 GMT with a Black Bay 54 crown type thing, you know, so basically it's going to look like a 6542. Yeah, yeah. First generation Pepsi Rolex GMT master. Well, if you're going to go in, go all in, right? And then go with a sapphire bezel because that would look the bomb. Yeah. Do I expect them to roll that out to Rolex GMTs ever? I don't think so. I think they're very happy with ceramic because mm. other than the colour issue we've discussed previously at some length, it'll be interesting to see. Thanks for listening, folks, and hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't already, feel free to give at That Watch Podcast a follow on Instagram and drop us a DM if you like. You can subscribe at Apple or Spotify Podcasts to get new episodes straight to your device. See you next time.